On this baptism of the Lord Sunday, hear this word from God as it comes to us from the first chapter of Genesis, the first verse. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, 
and darkness covered the face of the deep, while the wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And then we go on today to the Gospel of Mark. We're in Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Mark, we're in year B of the lectionary cycle, so we'll be looking at Mark quite a bit this year. Mark is the simplest and the oldest of the Gospels. Mark doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't use fancy adjectives and adverbs. He just tells it like it is. And so here is the story of Jesus' baptism as told to us from John, from Mark, in the first chapter, starting at the fourth verse. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as he was coming up out of the waters, he saw the heavens torn apart, ripped asunder, and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from the heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Because of the pandemic, we were not able to do Handel's Messiah from here this winter, but we hope to do it in the winter of 2021. It's quite a production, and as you know, Handel's Messiah spends lots of time in the book of Isaiah telling us what the coming anticipated Messiah was expected to be. In the 64th verse of Isaiah, the prophet cries out saying, Oh, that you would tear the heavens open and come down to make your name known to your enemies and make the nations tremble at your presence, O Lord. The prophet is recounting the goodness of God, and yet 
he is bemoaning the fact that he's not feeling that now. And he wishes that God could tear apart the heavens and come down to earth and be present with us. And it is today in Mark's gospel that the prophet's desire is answered. Now the story of Jesus being baptized appears in all four gospels, but Mark's is unique in at least one thing. All the other gospels say the heavens opened up. And the Spirit came down. Mark's gospel doesn't say that. Mark's gospel says the heavens were ripped open. The heavens were ripped apart. The heavens were rent asunder. The heavens were schismata. In the Greek. It's where we get our word schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, you know, is a mental condition where somebody's mind fights with itself. It's where we get our word schism. Anybody watch the news this week? You might get an idea of what a schism is. Was that a sneeze? What was that? God bless you. (laughs) Schism, split apart. Now I have this, all the rest of them say open. Now I have this lovely high-tech display for you today. For those of you listening and not watching, it's a piece of construction paper, and I've cut out something that is supposed to look like a door. And the point is, if you open something, most likely you can close it. See? Open. Close. If the heavens were opened for the Spirit to come down, did they close again? And would we want them to? The prophet is begging for God to come to earth, for the Spirit to come down and be among us. If the heavens open, they can close again. Mark is the only gospel writer who uses the word schism, who uses the word ripped apart to tell us what happened there. Watch. If I rip this apart, it ain't going back together again. There's no undoing that. Mark is very deliberate in the language he is choosing. The heavens are torn apart. It will never be the same again. (laughs) But let me tell you where that word does show up again. In all four Gospels, 
Not in the baptism text. Only Mark does that. But it shows up again on Good Friday in the crucifixion text. When the temple curtain is ripped apart, torn asunder, never to be put back together again at the moment of Jesus' death. Mark is most clever about this of all the gospel writers. There is a way of writing, a, 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 a literary construct called an inclusio. An inclusio is like brackets. You can put this with this, and everything in between is important. Mark's inclusio starts today, and it ends in his 15th chapter with the death of Jesus. And it centers around the word schismata. Being ripped apart. In the text we heard today, we heard the heavens are torn apart. In the crucifixion text, we hear the curtain is torn apart. We also, in the crucifixion text, hear of Jesus expiring. That's a word very similar to the spirit word that's used in baptism today. It's basically the opposite. We hear today of a man dressed in fur and eating locusts. That's supposed to remind us of the prophet Elijah. When Jesus is on the cross, he's accused of calling out to Elijah. Eloi, Eloi, lavaxami. My God, my God, where are they? And then there's this one other thing. And it becomes very, very important. It is the voice that we hear. And when the skies are ripped apart in the baptism story, we hear through the text the voice of God saying, this is my son, my beloved son. We could say, he is the son of God. The one who has come to save us. The one who has come to bring us the spirit of God and make us alive. Watch this. The crucifixion story. When Jesus is dead and breathes his last, in Mark only, what happens is the centurion says out loud, surely this man was the son of God. Hmm. Hmm. How would he know? Was there something miraculous about the way Jesus died? The centurion had seen hundreds, probably thousands of people die on a cross. 
Jesus' death was so remarkable he automatically knew that Jesus was the Son of God? I don't think so. But here's, here's where this is one of those moments where what I thought I was going to preach to you is bothered by the facts of the text and research. Because what has traditionally been said is that there was a curtain in the temple that divided the temple itself from what was called the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies, they believed, was the place where God lived. And we've always heard that when the curtain was ripped asunder, it was the inner curtain that opened the way from human beings to be present with God. I like that story. That's what I was going to preach today. The way has been made open through the, the, the incarnation of God, God becoming like us, that we can reach the heavens. That's a good sermon, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not preaching that. Thank you for laughing. I appreciate that. It was meant to be funny. Uh, <laughs> See, what we don't, rem- what we don't realize, because we don't have a, a system like the temple, is there was, an, there was that inner curtain, that guard between people and the Holy of Holies where, Jesus li- where God lived. But there was also an outer curtain. And the outer curtain was the big deal. The outer curtain was 80 feet tall. 80 feet tall. kept the world out from the holiness of the temple. Now, if I said to you, the Mona Lisa, could you picture what that looked like? If I said to you, the Sistine Chapel, could you picture what that looked like? What's another famous piece of art? Venus de Milo? Starry Night. Night. Yeah, 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 that one. You know what Starry Night looks like, right? That's perfect, actually. The same would be true for the people reading Mark's gospel about the temple curtain, the outer temple curtain they would know that that temple curtain was decorated with stars and scenes from the sky. It was the heavens. They would have known. And the reason that we now think that the curtain that was torn asunder in Mark wasn't the inner curtain, but the outer curtain was because that had to be what the centurion saw that made him believe that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. The temple curtain, 80 feet high, made of the best and finest fabrics and cloths of its day, the beautiful tapestry painted with the starry skies, was torn apart. 
and it opened the temple up to the Spirit. The temple could no longer live as a spiritless, unholy, placid place. Now think about that for a minute because elsewhere in the New Testament it says, you are a temple. Your body is a temple. Well, fellas, let me tell you. The curtain has been torn asunder. Can't be put back together. You're a temple. The Holy Spirit must come in you. And it means that we get not just to be alive, but to live. See, this is a New Year's resolution. Don't just be alive, but live in the Holy Spirit. The curtain has been torn in two. The Spirit has been unleashed in us and in us as a community. The wind is blowing. the spirit. 